they're convinced that they got into an accident somewhere. They're like, they're in the woods somewhere and then you know, crash in a vehicle or something must have happened. They never think about being kidnapped. Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Hey, everybody. Thanks for visiting us again this week at the Family School of Thought. Hope everybody had a great week. Um, uh, please hit that like button and share and uh, give us your comments on, at our email account at the Family School of Thought at gmail.com. So let's get going this week. Jess, why don't you start us out with some uh, history facts? History Unexplained Mysteries calendar. Um, I got two. You guys seemed disappointed last week. They only had one. Right. right we so were. I got two. We're going to just go as it is because, you know, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not great. This calendar is hit or miss. So, um, my first fact though is, um, it's titled the rain of stones. So in October, on October 13th of 1901, in the small town of Harrisville, Ohio, large and small rocks were observed falling from the sky without any apparent cause. And the same thing happened a few days after the initial event. And the, stone came, the stones came down for several days, frightening all the villagers. Eventually, the onslaught ceased, but no cause for the event re- was revealed. And then several years later, similar events happened in Indonesia and Kenya. All, also, without any reason, luckily, there were very few injuries that were reported due to these events, but there was major damages to the structures and um, that were in common places. And though many have proposed theories such as volcano debris, tornadoes, meteorites uh, breaking up in Earth's atmosphere as possible causes, researchers and historians have yet to find a true conclusion to explain the strange phenomenon. That is strange. Rocks coming from the sky. Hmm. Yeah. You know, could it have been like hail? I don't know. It was 1901, so maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But especially like in Indonesia and right, uh, Kenya, Kenya, like that's so unlikely yeah. for it to be that cold. So Ohio I think... is unlikely. Well, it's so. Okay. It's not for it to be cold, but like for right. a volcano, like we know what hail is because like it's that. cold. And yeah, I don't know. Like Kenya, it's not cold enough to get that kind of frozen yeah. rock in the air. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So my second one, and this is also from History Unexplained Mysteries. According to legend, this is the Dancing Plague of fifteen eighteen. So according to legend, one day in 1518, residents of the small town of Strasbourg, France, looked down their streets to see Frau Trophia, a local woman, dancing hysterically and seemingly to no music at all. At first, I don't know what her name is, Frau. Well, Frau just means woman in German. I know. That's what in German it means. S-F-R-A-U. I never took French. I don't know how to pronounce anything other than Mackinac. That's the only <laughs> one I know how to pronounce. <laughs> I guess in Charlevoix. <laughs> but, um, so 
Yeah, so at first, many thought the sight to be funny and perhaps a joke by the woman. But then, um, but when it became apparent that she showed no signs of stopping, others began to just join in and they all began dancing uh, down the streets. And months later, the frenzy had spread and over 400 people were dancing without pausing for any reason. So this is like a tic-tac challenge in right, right. the 1400s or the 14th century. Well, I, I was about to say it reminds me of a trend that I'm seeing on TikTok right now, which is like, you always hear the like phrase like, oh, I was born in the wrong generation. Yeah. But the new, the new TikTok trend is like, I was born in the right generation because if I was a woman back in the 1950s, I would be in an asylum for hysteria. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and that's what, so um, the dancing was at its peak around 50. Uh, it was at its peak when around 15 people a day began dying of heart attacks and exhaustion in the village. More than 400 people died as the hysteria literally drove them to dance themselves to death. Then just as suddenly as it started, the dancing stopped. Um, though at first glance, it might be easy to dismiss the story as a simple legend. The dancing plague as well was well documented by historians of the era, and it puzzled doctors and scientists <laughs> far and wide. Even today, no one truly knows what caused the mass dancing hysteria, and nothing like it has ever happened since. So it was a flash mob that just went on for <laughs> several days. Forever. And multiple people died. Wow. Yep. Very huh. interesting. Very interesting. I mean, when, if, when you started the story, a lady dancing in the street for no reason, I could see that. Yep. <laughs> they called her a hysterical woman. I, I know. That didn't surprise me at all. Uh-huh. Yep. And then people started joining in. That's I wonder if that's like a neurological thing. That's what I was thinking too. Like something like in the water. Like, what, they weren't like, really dancing, but like a spasm, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. But then I was thinking, you know, like, because like over 400 people like joined in, but then right. people were dancing to the point where they like danced till they dropped dead, basically, you yeah. know, or, you know, so it's like, what happened? What caused it? Right. Aliens. <laughs> Drugs. Drugs. Yeah. All they right. drank the Kool-Aid. They drank the Kool-Aid for sure. They were doing something in that town. There you go, though. There's it histories, was. unexplained mysteries. Yeah. Okay, Cass. Uh, why don't you hit us with the song? Okay. All right. This week's is actually going to be a cover. Um, and it's the cover of I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany. I like um, this song. And it came out, and the cover came out in 1987. It is a cover um, originally sung by Tommy James and the uh, Shondells in, uh, in 1967. Um, this one, I feel like a lot of people might not find it creepy, might not find it dark, but I think it's kind of the highlighting of how, so it's about first love and how innocent the first love can be um, and how they just want to hold hands and run away from all this stuff. Um, and as children, we find these relationships to be innocent and fun. Um, but even in the first lyrics, 
uh, it's talking about a parent saying, and watch how you play, um, and they say they don't understand us. Um, and it kind of highlights how, as children, we find relationships very innocent, and even just holding hands seems to be like a lot of things. But as adults, and as we mature, we realize how quickly relationships can form into something really dark and dangerous or just intimate, you know? And so we know how these games are played. So it is kind of like a little creepy how fast, you know, innocence changes. Right, right. But it's a good song. I didn't realize it was a cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I knew that. Well, and I think they, I don't even think Tiffany wanted to do it. I was kind of reading into it. Um, and it sounded like her label just basically it was like here, here's the song yeah here's the song we're gonna have you cover it and it became a lot more popular than any of them really expected it to which is the case of a lot of the facts <laughs> yeah yep yeah so there you go short sweet that's the song for the week good. Good. all right all right well i've got a i think a fascinating story to cover this week an unbelievable story we've kind mm -hmm. of touched on this up before but not um on our show but um this is the unbelievable story of jan broberg you guys know who she is no i don't remember talking about this before jan was kidnapped two times in her life oh once she was 12 and once yeah. she was 14 and both by the same person a close okay. friend yeah this is yep, a yep, okay. peacock show okay. right now too it's a what? Peacock. I don't know if it's a TV oh, yeah. show. I have it. I have it saved, but it's on Peacock, the streaming service Peacock. I'm anxious to see it. I don't have Peacock. I don't think, but um, we Netflix. don't have Peacock because I tried to watch Peacock. Okay, Netflix had did a documentary on it a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. really weird. But now they 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 do they made it into a movie like a six I don't know a movie limited called, series of the family. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. limited series. And uh, the documentary on Netflix was called Abandoned in Plain Sight. Yes. Or Abducted in Plain Sight. Abducted in Plain Sight, yes. Yeah. So uh, in 1971, the Brobergs uh, went to uh, their very uh, religious family. They went to church every Sunday. And um, they greeted this new family that moved into the town. And uh, Jan was really excited because she was going to perform a solo in the choir performance that day and the um birch tolls they had moved into the area um and uh he was a very successful furniture salesman he had a furniture store and uh both families had uh you know children at the same of the same age and the two families you know they just really quickly became very very close friends um they became, you know, so close that they would, you know, like talk about, you know, God forbid something happened to the parents, you know, the other set of parents would take the children and raise them themselves. And um, uh, 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 both of the father, fathers were named Robert and they went by Bob, but I'm going to say Bob and B as a, actually the uh, in an interview I seen Jan called this man B rather than Bob. But anyways, um, so B really like took a liking for all the kids and like was one of those fathers that just took the kids wherever and it didn't matter if it was their kids or whose kids were. He 
was always taking kids everywhere, taking them to the movies, taking them to outings, you know, sporting events, school functions, and just running errands with them. But he was always wanting to do things with the kids, you know. Um, and he was um, just overly helpful with anybody in the family. He, um, they, um, they had renovated the Robers had renovated one big bedroom into three small bedrooms. So each girl, they had three girls, which had their own bedroom. So he, you know, he helped do that and arrange it out. And he built like the Jan's room on the end with a window, like, you know, it's kind of like a special room for her. He kind of like took a really liking to her. Um, And, um, you know, he just really liked getting the families together and they'd sit around and tell UFO stories or theories about UFO sightings and things like that. Because Bob was really into that kind of stuff. So, you know, he was, the kids would just enjoy sitting around talking about that all the time. And that, you know, the kids got along really well. The fathers become like best friends. And the moms, you know, both were, you know, housewives raising their kids. And so they became best friends. And this family become just extremely close. Um, but by 1974, this three years later, Bob, Jan's father, he started to feel a little uneasy about how close B was to the family. You know, he thought it was, he was starting to think about like, why is he always wanting to be with the kids all the time? You know, and it started to, um, he, so he was trying to pull him back a little bit. Um, um, and he was always complimenting Marianne, his wife, you know, how well dressed she was, how, you know, well she, you know, how well she did putting meals together and just was constantly critic, um, commenting on her and kind of criticizing his own wife, like saying, Gail, why can't you be more like Marianne, you know? Um, and he would say to Bob, you know, you think you could have Marianne, like take Gail shopping and, you know, have her pick out some clothes for her and, it was, it was just, it was getting too far, too weird, you know, so um, he started pulling back a little bit. Um, but on one day, um, B offered to take Jan, pick her up at her dance site, her dance school, and take her to her horseback riding classes. And Bob said, no, that's okay. We'll take her. Don't worry about it. But Marianne, she kind of like second thought it. She said, well, Bob doesn't really want to, but you know, I suppose it'd be okay. Um, so just make sure she's back by dinner because we got school tomorrow, you know? Um, so, um, so he does, he picks, um, he picks her up after her dance recital or dance class. And on the way to riding, going the horseback riding, B gives Jan a allergy pill. He said, here, you're going to need this because you're going to be out in the wilderness and you need to take this pill. So the next thing Jan is aware of is she's tied up by her ankles and her wrist in a bed in the back of a motorhome. Right? So she doesn't remember how she got there or anything like that. But and she's 12, right? So she doesn't really comprehend what's going on. And um, she was like coming in and out, you know, waking up, going back to sleep, kind of like what's going on. You wake up, fall back to sleep. And she wakes up to this like really loud, high pitched sound, you know, 
and she can't figure out what it is. And she's looking around the room and she sees this like speaker box on the wall. And it's kind of like, like it's supposed to be hidden, but it's not. She can see it, you know? And um, so it's like, you know, just really loud, high pitched sound. And all of a sudden a uh, like a mechanical or alien sounding voice comes over the speaker and he says, you know, like female companion, it is your time um, for you to begin our mission, you know. And Jan sees the speaker box and kind of follows this cord up into the ceiling. So again, she's still drugged up. She just she don't know that. She's just falling in and out of sleep. So she's kind of like, am I dreaming? What's going on? You know, what's happening? And and she will go back to sleep, come back alive, and or come back awake. And every time this voice is coming over the speaker talking about this mission that she has and that she is um half alien half human and so is her sister and um they have a mission for her and so jan spends like 48 hours tied up on this bed listening to this voice talk about this mission and the mission was that she needed to get pregnant by the time she's 16. and it's this this is going to save the world right and if she doesn't her sister who's half alien too will go blind and um the um again the mission is for her to find a male companion and have a baby by the time she's 16. and she can't share this mission with anybody or her entire family will be annihilated, vaporized, you know. Um, and um, so it's, you know, just keeps telling her the life you've lived isn't real. You're, um, you know, you really are an alien and you're on a mission and um, you have to have sex and have a baby by the time you're 16. So again, these, the, she just keeps getting this message for like 48 hours, you know, and then finally she wakes up and well, actually food was given to her. She doesn't really know how it got there, but there was food when she wakes up, you know, so she would eat it and water and she would drink it. And no doubt there was probably something in that food because she would just make her go back to sleep. Um, but finally she wakes up and she doesn't have any wristbands on. She doesn't have any arm ankle bracelets on yet. You know, it says, uh, you know, the mission needs to begin. Your male companion is in the front of this motorhome. You need to go there and meet him. Right? So she goes up front, and there is B, unconscious, on the couch, and there's blood everywhere in the whole place, and uh, a window's broken out, and um, so she's trying to get him to wake up um and she's like she's trying to clean the blood off of him and finally he kind of like groggily comes through and he's like what's going on what happened you know and so she's telling him about this alien that keeps talking to her and about this mission and, you know that she needs to have a baby by the time she's 16 and she's like i'm only 12 i can't have a baby you know and um uh you know, and at the time she didn't know anything about sex at right. all, you know. 
So, uh, but he, she's telling him all about this alien and how he's going to vaporize the family if anybody finds this out and her sister's going to go blind. And so he's like, well, you know, it's starting to come to me now. I, I remember I came in here and you were, there was a bright light and you were going to that bright light and I rescued you and had to fight off these aliens to get you. And, um, they were fighting me and I got caught and there's I got cut by the window and you know and so he's telling her how he saved her from the aliens who were trying to abduct her. Mm. So um and that you know she was headed towards a bright light but he grabbed her and he saved her, right? So then he says, Well, you know, you have to follow this mission. You can't, you know, like not do it because it will, you know, annihilate your whole family. I've seen the aliens. They were trying to kill you, you know. And um, so he convinces her that, you know, I'm your male companion. You're the female companion. We need to have a baby together. That's so sick. Yeah. She's 12. She's 12. And he's she is already very close to her. And and her father should have stopped it and her mother should have stopped it long well, before this. There's a part there's a good part we get into this. Her father was becoming very suspicious. Yeah. Not suspicious enough. Not well, there's a part that's missing. Yeah, we're gonna find out in a minute. But um yeah, so but of course remember this is nineteen seventy one. Right. People didn't talk about children right. having sex. And even if well, even though she was abducted, it didn't mean she was being, you know, having sex. I mean, you know, um, so so she tells him, you know, well, I can't have a baby. I'm only 12, you know, and, and he goes, well, in time, you know, but you need to be ready for it. And, you know, um, we need to practice. And so they have sex, you know, and um, he takes her in this motorhome to Mexico and they spend like. 42 days in Mexico going from like campgrounds to campgrounds and um, when, like when they go to a campground she would portray his daughter you know but after finally after 42 days the police storm in and take them and they take them to jail and now he tell he convinces this guard he gives him his wedding ring and he convinces him to go get her and bring her to his cell and he does so he brings her to his cell and um, he says, listen, you know, we cannot stop this mission. This has to happen. But we can't tell people that we're having sex and we need to get married. So when we get back, I'm not arrested for kidnapping you. You're my wife. And so he has his brother come down there. And his brother gets a marriage certificate, and she signs it. And they have some kind of type of ceremony, but I'm sure it wasn't a real wedding. Um, it was like her, his brother, you know, officiated or something like that. It was weird. And so um, they go back home, and um, of course, the, and then when she's abducted, Bob and Marianne. They don't call the police right away. They're convinced that they got into an accident somewhere. They're like, they're in the woods somewhere in a, you know, crash in a vehicle or something must have happened. They never think about he kidnapped her, you know, 
Um, so they um, finally, like the next day, they call the police. So the police come and they're talking about, you know, possibly him kidnapping her. And um, uh, the, the, I'll tell you how it was in 1971. These police officers had to look up what a pedophile, they had to research what a pedophile is. They didn't even know what that meant, you know. So they had to look that up. And so finally they decide they're going to call the FBI. And it's a Friday now. So the FBI is closed. It's 1971. There's no computers or you know, answering machines, I guess. It's closed. So they have to wait till Monday. So literally, this girl gets kidnapped. I don't know what day it was, but it's like four days go by before anything's really even begun to happen, you know? And meanwhile, um, the the people in the community, especially the people in the church, they're all praying for their return. They're all saying, you know, he wouldn't hurt her, you know. Um, he's not a pedophile. He's married. He's got five children. He loves children. You know, that couldn't possibly be. There must be, they must have been, you know, in an accident or they got kidnapped or, you know, something like that. And so they're really all trying to convince Bob don't make a big fuss out of this. You know, we'll find them and bring them home and everything will be fine. Um, so, uh, however, uh, so after like 42 days, they find them and they bring them and they arrest them and they bring them back. And um, now the um, church people are convincing him. They decided, okay, he did kidnap her. And they're trying to convince him, listen, don't file charges. He's a married man. He has five children. He supports these children. How are they going to live? His wife doesn't work. You know, this will ruin his life. And how many places did he live prior to this one? Okay. We're getting to that. So, I mean, can you imagine? But what job does he have that he can disappear for 42 days? He like, it, does he still have a job at this point? No, he owned the furniture store. Okay, but still, he owned it, so he could still operate without him. But if people stopped going to his business, he wouldn't have a job. And if I found out somebody was a pedophile, I definitely wouldn't be going to their business. Not in 1971, you wouldn't. Uh, (laughs) You think you think you've got it bad today? Think about that. uh, Twelve-year-olds get kidnapped and is raped in 1971, and they want to protect the the kidnapper because it might ruin his life. So at this time, they find out, the police find out that the reason they moved to this town was this happened the last place he lived. Uh, A mother and daughter claimed that, you know, he was having, you know, um, sex with his daughter, raping his daughter, and they just moved out, moved to the next town. And again, it's 1971, so it's not on the internet. It's not on, you know, you don't have this information. And um, and that they also attempted to adopt a 10-year-old and were denied. You know, hmm. so now... And did, he, and did he ever hurt his own children? Did he molest his own children? I, I don't know. It didn't say. Uh, but when That's you think disgusting. about it, when you think about it, now his wife knows this, right? Because right. they've moved. Because right. They've moved, yeah. They were told you can't adopt. You won't be 
parents, you know. So, but she's denying it. She's like, you know, and she's begging uh, Marianne, please, you know, don't press charges. It'll ruin us, you know. And, you know, and um, so the church really convinces them to not press charges. Um, and, uh, you know, in Jan, is, is she's not admitting to anything, right? She's not telling them anything's wrong. And she refuses to say, of course, they don't say anything about sex. But, um, you know, she was just saying, you know, he, we just wanted to be together for a weekend. He's saying, you know, I really don't know what happened. I we just got driving and um, I don't know what happened, how we ended up in Mexico. And, um, and of course, now that, again, the, the church is saying, listen, you don't know how lucky you are to have her back. Lots of times they don't come back. And um, so you've got her back. She's healthy. There's nothing wrong. Just let it be. Right. And um, so um, um, so uh, they take her for a medical, medical examination. And um, they, uh, of course, she's not cooperating at all. And again, it's 1971, so they don't have a lot of yep. the procedures or equipment or everything you know, to prove that she did. And somehow he was skilled to not break her hymen. Then, so that's a misconception. Skilled or yeah. too small? Or no, but that's a misconception because it's not like a glass barrier. Right. You know, like one, most girls are like some girls the hymen never even breaks right you know so that's something too that that's like a huge misconception it's like a think of like well, a trampoline it just kind of muscles yeah, yeah. Well, she says yeah you know, today you know i watched a, her inter, an interview of her and she was saying like today they they'd be able to look at her and tell her that yeah but then they didn't and it's right. a trivial no. and she's yeah. saying no he never did that you know I mean, right like, Nothing is wrong. And I'm sure, I'm almost positive, they're not asking her detailed questions. They're like, did did he touch you? Or you know what I mean? That, it's probably as far as it went, you know. It was probably did he make you feel uncomfortable? Oh, right. Did he do anything that you didn't want? She's not admitting to anything because she really believes if she says it, her family is gonna be evaluated. You know, she right. believes this whole story. So um so um they they do um let me i don't want to skip ahead but um they do end up filing charges kidnapping charges not sexual harassment sexual or anything just kidnapping charges so he gets an attorney and the attorney comes to him and marianne and says you know bob and b got together one night Oh, and yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember this part, yeah. B convinces Bob to give him a hand job. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, his wife won't do anything like that. And he's crying. He's so upset. And again, he's always concentrating on Marianne, you know, how, you know, how nice she is, how beautiful she is. And I'm sure they're talking, I don't know, they probably were talking locker room talk or something i don't know but um but so he convinces bob to do this 
He convinces he convinces the other guy to give him a hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. And of course, the other father, the the young girl he abducts. He somehow I've heard this whole story. We watched the documentary. Anyways, okay. Anyways, so he now this Bob's attorney is saying um, we're going to go to the authorities and tell them what you did to me. And uh, they're going to take your children away because you are unfit parents. And they want him to sign a paper saying that he let be take he give him the right to take her to Mexico. They okayed it, and Marianne wants to sign this paper. Said, "Yeah, we did," because she just wants it all to be over with, you know. And they do. They sign that statement saying they allowed Bob to take her to Mexico. And um, so they dropped the charges. Well, about four days go by and they come back and say, no, that didn't happen. So uh, they retracted that statement. And he gets arrested and goes to court and is found guilty of kidnapping her. And what do you think his sentence was? Two days. <laughs> Actually, he got a, a five-year sentence, right? Well, but um, his employees, the community, the church, all wrote letters to the judge. He Sounds like something nice else that I knew. He's a great he citizen. Was and how great he was and how he's a family man and he has five children of his own. And, you know, this is all a big misunderstanding and and so the judge gives him, reduces it down to 45 days. So he kidnaps a girl, takes her to Mexico, is having, you know, abusing her the whole time, and he gets a 45-day sentence. And he served 30 while he was in Mexico. So guess what? He gets 15, 15 days. days. It's horrible. <laughs> I, like, I just want to point out that none of them are saying, these church people, the his employees, none of them are like, oh, you know, he didn't do it. It's just, oh, he's a good man. I don't think so. Right. They're all literally saying, this is a misunderstanding. This is a misunderstanding. He's, a nice guy, he's conned everybody. Yeah. And um, he's a nice guy. He would never do anything to harm her. Having you know, assaulting her sexually really never comes into the picture because they just don't talk about it. You know, it's, he took her to Mexico. You know. For what? <laughs> For what? So, Why would you take a kid to Mexico? And literally, even Marianne and Gail are still friends. The kids are still friends with each other. It's all like, nobody will talk about it, you know. And Again, she's not saying anything about sex, so that doesn't even enter the picture. It's her taking to Mexico. So he, and so now she's back home with her family, but this voice box appears in her room. The room that he built for her on the back of the house mm-hmm. with his own window. And so she's literally getting these messages in the middle of the night from this alien you know 
And he's appearing in her room in the middle of the night and nobody knows. And they're continuing their mission. Sick. They're still going to church together. They're still, they're still, you know, functioning in the community as two families that get along. It's is crazy. That, crazy? Yeah. yeah. Like That's you would think that well, like the family, like, oh, you did this to my kid. No, we're not going to press charges, but we're done with you. Yeah. I'd be hightailing my butt out of there and selling that house. Okay. So now that all sounds absolutely insane, right? Right. But now that's disgusting. But wait, there's more. Because when she's 14, this all takes place in within two years, right? Right. Now she's 14. And he kidnaps her a second time and takes her to a uh, all school, girl school, Catholic school in Pasadena, California. And he arranges her to stay there and he convinces the nuns that he's a secret CIA agent, CIA, CIA agent, and that the, her mother has died and that he wants to leave her there because he's got to go out and do these secret missions. And he goes, and there's people are after her. So you need to protect her. You need to make sure that no one knows she's here, you know. And he goes, I don't care what they tell you. Do not, you know, let anybody know that she is here. And then he goes and serves his 15 days in jail. So now she's kidnapped a second time, but he's in jail. So he's got a good alibi, right? Well, why is he in jail two years later? No, well, all this happens over two years. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. She's abducted when she's 12, and then all of this, like, court proceedings and trial and his all judgment is over two years. This takes two years, and so, you know, it's mm -hmm. done, but he's got to do his, his 15 days now he's got to do in prison, and he does it. And she, after he kidnaps her the second time, and puts her into the school. And, and then, she's old enough that she should call her parents. Well, she's 14 at this point, but she still... She's still she thinks it's a mission. He's brainwashed her into yeah. thinking this is a She's mission. Completely brainwashed. Everybody in the whole family has been brainwashed, really. And so, um, uh, so now he's the cursor on him, but he's in jail. You know, he couldn't have done it. And he's saying, listen, she hates her parents. She ran away. There's no doubt about it. She ran away. She's somewhere out there. Um, and for and for her own sake. You should allow me to marry her now because I can keep her safe from her parents. So, and the police do go to this school several times because the mother somehow finds out that she's at a, a, a school. And so she's going through all the schools she can come up with. And um, the police do visit this school, but the nuns, you know, they're like, no, we never heard of her. We don't know anything about her, you know. Uh, good luck, you know. And um, uh, and finally, um, they go back to this school, like, for the second time. They're like, look, here's the articles that are in the paper. She is a missing girl that has been kidnapped. And here's the person that we think kidnapped her. And, of course, the nuns recognize it. So they finally give her up, right? 
So now, um, the uh, Witchhold family, he and his wife and five children, moved to a town two hours away. Because Gail, it was too much pressure for her. She couldn't take it no more. So they decided to move two hours away. But... The, the sad thing for the, the wife, though, you know it, but this is in the 70s, yeah. before women right. could own credit cards or get their right. own house right. So you're stuck in a marriage. You couldn't even yeah. divorce your own spouse right. if you wanted to. Right. So what is she going to do? She's got right. five kids to take care of. And she right. has no job, no you know work skills or anything. So, I mean, it really, I mean, not to make excuses for her. Because, I mean, there's still no excuses for her letting her husband do what he did. But And, you know, he's brainwashed her. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So we're all brainwashed. And then to just keep on going to different towns and keep on molesting these kids. Right. And well, that's where the wife... And the, you know, and like the wife allows it. Yeah, but right. she's stuck in that marriage. But that's, yeah, like... And I'm sure in typical of that era, more than the 50s and 60s, but more than that area, women just put that out of their mind. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? They just right. didn't acknowledge that it happened. Right. You know, and so they went out with their day. He was a good provider, you know, and made sure they were living a good life. So just put that out of your mind, you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, I, did you guys watch the Aretha Franklin story? Mm-mm. Anyways, you should watch that. That's on, um, I don't know if it's on Showtime or whatever, but, um, you know, she had a baby when she was 13. And her father was a minister, a big-time minister. I mean, friends with Martin Luther King, you know, mm-hmm. minister. And um, she had a baby when she was 13. And there's a scene in the movie where the grandmother, she's acting up in school, and she's acting up all of a sudden. And she was like, what's wrong with you? What's come over you? And she was like, I don't want my... She was trying to straighten her hair like they did. Yeah. And she was... And the grandmother looks at her and he all of a sudden realizes, oh, you know. Yeah. You're being right. she doesn't say it, she but it she, now she knows you're being molested. Right. And instead of, you know, like, hey, we're gonna take care of this, it was just like, you poor child, you know. Yeah. That and she ends up having a baby when she's 13. Mm-hmm. And so, and then she has another one as as a teenager. So Literally, this is going on in her huge family. Right. Everybody knows it, but nobody acknowledges it. And nobody tries to stop it. Or nobody tries to stop it. it. They just yeah. completely don't acknowledge it. But anyways, back to this story. Yeah. That's like the problem. Um, like That's right, 1,000% right. the problem. It is. They should have done something. Right. The fact that somebody molested and got a 13-year-old pregnant, I don't care what year you live in. That shit won't happen again. It's not normal. And it's like, oh, she couldn't leave her husband. She couldn't make her own money. Gloria Steinman was like super popular in the 70s. I'm just saying like late 60s, early 70s. It's not like it wasn't a thing. And if I found out my husband was (laughs) molesting children and telling them to get pregnant at 12. Yeah. He wouldn't make it to jail. Let's just say that. It's it's not an excuse for her allowing her husband. But I can see where she stayed with him because she has no other choice. She had a choice. She had a choice. She had a choice. We let that excuse go far, far too long. 
if he was molesting neighbor kids, I can guarantee he was molesting his own kids. Yeah. Yeah. We let that. We yeah. use that yeah. an excuse but, for far okay. too long, All and right, we need ladies. to put responsibility hey, on these women who did this. All right, ladies. Remember, this is 1971. So guess what? I don't what? care. If, I if don't care. It went on this. Friend, it went on for that long. It went on for that long because women were allowed to say, "Well, I couldn't leave him." Well, That's exactly why it went on for so long. That's why it's still happening today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just saying, if your best friend's husband was doing this and you knew it, you might just stop associating with her. But you just look the other way. That's the way it was back then. You know, there, yeah, there was definitely people like Gloria Steinem, and she came up with women's rights, not necessarily molesting, but um, yeah, there were people that stuck up for them, people, but it was very few and it took a lot. And most people, and most women, they didn't want to hear about it, they don't want to hear about this. This is completely out of their realm, and they, you know, it's much easier to just don't associate with that person no more. But, anyways, let's get back to this. <laughs> so, um well, that was kind of still on this, but so the they moved two hours away because Gail can't take all the pressure, right? But B is still driving two hours to appear in her room in the middle of the night, and you know, comp- trying to complete this mission, trying to get her pregnant. <laughs> so, um, and. And at this point, he turns his attention to Mary Ann and tries to convince her that he's really in love with her. All this that happened was just a way for her to get close to him. You know, so all the stuff that happened, I really just did all this stuff so I could be with you, her mother. And the whole time I'm with her, all I'm thinking about is you. And so he wants her to move. And then she falls in love with him. She wants, he wants her to move down to this new town with the kids, bring the kids, and um, and to be with him. And he's going to leave, divorce his wife, and he's they're going to be together. And... Um, and he, um, she starts thinking about it, right? You know, she's actually talking to him. Uh, she's meeting with him. They're having sex, you know? So now her mother is with the... the same guy as the husband yeah. and the daughter. Right. <laughs> she's really thinking about leaving her husband for him because he's so in love with her. <laughs> and she's very, she's very torn about it. But eventually she returns to Bob, and that's when they just kind of like, okay, that's it, you know. And then um, now Bob, I mean, B, gets three months in prison for the second kidnapping. Only three months. So now he's back three whole months because he's kidnapped this girl twice. Twice. But again, she's still like, no, I'm not admit, you know, like she won't talk about it. She's not, you know, she thinks we've got to follow this mission, you know. And she really continues to believe this until she's 16. 
And once she turned 16, she's like, okay, wait a minute. I haven't had a baby and my sister is not blind, you know? Yeah. And um, so she slowly starts to, you know, start processing this. And she's 16, so her mind is able to, you know, think more maturely, you know? And um, so finally she tells her sister the whole story about, you know, how they, what their mission was and how, and she said, oh, we're going to go to mom and dad telling this whole story. And then they do. And mm-hmm. then, uh, so, um, you know, they are kind of work things out at that point. But now Jan is an actor. She's been in a lot, quite a few, mm-hmm. she's never yeah. had any roles, but she's been in quite a few roles. You probably have seen her in movies. Um, yeah, she's and, been in like popular movies. I remember yeah. looking this up, but I can't remember what movies yeah. she's in. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, and Mary Ann, her mother, went back to school, got a degree in social as a social worker, and her job now is to place children in good homes. So you know they, you know both, and now their mission, both of them, is to take this story and you make sure people understand. You know what can happen if you are not paying attention or, you know, and, um, he, she was doing a book show, uh, where she had a book coming out and she was a book signing show. And so she gives this big lecture. And after the lecture, who do you think's in the audience? Bob. Oh, B. B. And so she, you know, has the police, you know, go over to him and he has a gun on him. Because he used to shooting her. And um, so he gets arrested for that because he's a felon with a gun, you know. And he later, you know, shoots himself and kills himself. Easy way out. That's disgusting. I mean, so, but let's think about it. That's how far we have come. That that kind of stuff happened. And you know what? I bet you everybody that's lived in the 50s and 60s. This was in the seven, early 70s, but knows a story of a girl who, you know, was having, you know, got pregnant when she was 13 and it probably was her father or her uncle or, you know, and people just didn't acknowledge that. It just happened, you know? So, I mean, isn't that crazy? It's insane. That's insane. That's insane. And that guy could have that much, you know, control of all these people. Yeah. People are charismatic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. I looked up her movies. I'm looking them up. She was in Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. The rest of them I don't really recognize too much. You know, in the interview that I watched of her, and I can't think of the <clears> interview there. It was a long interview. But, you know, she's very <laughs> put together. She's very, you know, I, you wouldn't think, how could this happen to this person, you know? Yeah. Yeah, she was in Everwood, too, which is mm-hmm. a TV show. So. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah, it's a crazy story. And I, oh, I want to look up too, because I know they're. And where did that take place at? Um, um, 
California somewhere. It wasn't in California. It was in, well, Cal you know what? Idaho, or, Idaho. right? ID. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, is that yeah. Indiana yeah, or Idaho. Idaho? Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were, um, I want to say Mennonites, but that's not right. Mormon? Mormon. Ugh. Yeah, they were Mormons. Of course. <laughs> well, I'm not making judgment, but. Yes, no judgment. When, when your entire church community, your families are all like, you know, he's a good man. Don't, don't wreck his life. <laughs> but yeah, so um abducted in plain sight is on netflix but it's also known as forever b i don't know forever, like b? forever b like b for bob um which i feel like netflix lately has been like renaming movies and stuff oh. uh, like 13 going on 30 is something new like i i don't know what it's called anymore but well this is a movie um, and um then in Peacock, oh, they have a show. A Peacock. It's called A Friend of the Family. Friend of the mm -hmm. Family. I was, that's what I was trying to look up because I couldn't remember. And I have it saved. I haven't watched it, but it's got... Um, Anna Paquin. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's got a really oh, good Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know who the, um, the B is? I can't think of his name, but he's like perfect for that role. Yeah. Well, I'm trying like, to... There's... I can't think the guy, the, one of the characters, maybe it is B, he was on The Office in like season eight or nine or like in the later season. It is. Yeah. It is. He plays B. Yeah. Okay. Because Tom Hanks' son, Colin Hanks. Yeah. Is Colin Bob. Hanks is Bob. Yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Colin Hanks. And then the the guy that plays B, I know him from The Office. Like he was on The Office as blob on the office <laughs> i know i feel like i can't think of his name but he always plays like that like weird straight laced yeah. boyfriend yeah. that's kind yeah. of creepy yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what like got me i'm like oh yeah this will be an interesting role for him but i haven't got around to watching it yet on peacock yeah and of course the parents have received a lot of um criticism criticism of the way they handle this and you I mean, know. that's what blows my mind, though, too, is that, like, like you knew he kidnapped your daughter. Yeah, what did you think was happening? And raped her, you know, like... He didn't, he didn't he, kidnap her to do the dishes. Right, exactly. And then you continue to hang out with him. But I also want to go back to the... They literally dropped the lawsuit because Bob gave B a handjob. That, well, like, that's why you're going to drop the lawsuit? Again, it's because it's going to come out that you gave somebody about, a hand job. It's about, we'll lose our kids because they'll say, Yeah, because, you know. Because yeah. he gave man a hand job. Yeah, but being but, gay but was. It was I guess I do, but it was also the 70s. This yeah. isn't 20s. They're and not getting their kids taken away. Days and they decided to retract that. Yeah. And, but it was Marianne that wanted him to sign it, too. She was the one. She's the one who fell in love with B later on. So well, I, I think, think she definitely could use some yeah. criticism. Well, and I think with that too, is you know, like as a wife, like I don't want the public to know that you right. were having a right. like an intimate right. relationship with right. another man, and yeah. But it's oh, fine wow. if she does it. Well, yeah, because it's it's a heterosexual relationship, not a, <laughs> you know. I think that's what kind of I don't know, that again. For entertainment purposes, you know, like these are our opinions on that, but that's something that I'm assuming well, she, kind of she, goes she through. She did not know anything about that until 
you know, he threatens them, you know, and he did it all along thinking, I'm going to need this, some blackmail. Yeah, right. And her thing is now, she said, literally from the first day he's seen her singing in that church choir, Mm -hmm. it was his mission, you know, and all these little things he did for years to build up to this, you know. Yeah. That's people are gross and creepy. I just, I, I mean, obviously she's twelve. I'm not blaming her. Um, I just like what she knew that he was the last person she was with in the car. So like, no, like I think some of it though is like, man, I don't know. Thankfully, I've never had to go through a situation like that. But like, yeah, you know, it's like you partially would be in denial. Like this is a like. A fit like you know they were so oh. close. That, this is family. Like right. why would this is family... like her second dad? I right, mean, exactly. Right, you're like you trust that person. Like and why plus, would you? When you're 12 and it's 1971, you don't know anything about right sex. You don't know anything no, about no. molesting or you don't. I mean, right. you never even heard of this stuff. I mean, it was totally completely foreign. And he was even like. He would always tell these UFO stories and theories and stuff. So he's already he was, in he was building it up. He was so, he was playing the long game with right, this one. Right. So then when it does, it's clicking to a 12-year-old where you're like, Yeah, this oh, is like yeah. one of those, you know, yeah. stories that he's always talking about, you know. Yeah. And so I could see a 12-year-old going for it, you know. And even afterwards, now she's 14 and still believing that. Well, you know. Well, that's the only thing you've been thinking about for since you're 12. It's hard right. to stop. You know, I, I, I don't blame her at all. No, there's no. a lot of things. I mean, as a kid, there's a lot of things that you guys told us that I believed to be true until I went out into the real world and I realized, oh, it's not illegal to drive with the car lights on. I know that's a you big know? one. You're not going to get pulled over on. if you have the, in, the inside lights. Dad you know? can see lights. with the lights on. <laughs> He just doesn't like. want to. Yeah. What are you talking about? We used to try to like read while you, we were yeah, we were driving the in the car. Like, well, I'm trying to drive. But you yeah. said it was illegal. <laughs> like we were gonna get pulled I over. Don't that. I don't remember saying that. I do remember, and your mother still does it, does it today. It's more important she read a book than I see where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. It's not like it's insanely hard to see with the light on. But it's okay for him. I know. He would do it if you were driving. I know. He's got his phone glaring and watching it, but can't read it. Okay. The whole point was, you know, like when you're told something your whole life, I mean, look at me when I was a kid. You guys said I was a princess. I went to school thinking I was a legit princess. (laughs) You know, it's like you you grow up being told by the people that you trust that are your 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 human adults that you know. (laughs) And you were like almost married before you found out you weren't really a princess. You're right. I know. Matt had to put me straight. (laughs) (laughs) I I yeah. I don't blame her. I'm just saying. Like I like. it just seems so crazy that you'd be like, wait, you were the like the last person I was in the car with. Right. And it's now so you're cool. saying you had to like rescue me from this, you know, light in this RV. 
like something's not adding up there. Well, and I also think too, back it's back in the seventies, and if it was, they were Mormons. I don't think the women in the Mormon culture were very educated either. No, you know, so that's something not. that kind of you know, like you do what you're told, and you listen. I think to, even to this day, they're not educated no, women enough. Well, and I'm not. I don't want to pass judgment on people, but you know, women were taught to your. The man is the king of the castle and you follow the man's, you know, that's right. just the way life was. So Yeah. Not anymore. Okay. You get you so. girls have anything else you want to add to the story today? To the no. story today. No. No. It's pathetic. It's crazy. <laughs> it's I think it's those crazy. times are over where people can get away with that. No, not necessarily. No, you're right. <laughs> no, there's there's still there's still people out there that are attempting it. And well, hopefully but, they'll get caught because if I ever catch somebody, what I'll... we do have today is they're gonna hear about Jan's story. Yeah. You know? So yeah. they're gonna hear that story. They're not gonna think I'm the only one that's right. Listening to yeah. Because we talk yeah. about it, where then they just didn't talk about it. Now we do. Right. So yeah. that's that's progress. Right. Yes, it is. Okay. All right, yep. guys. All right. Thanks again for uh, sticking with us and uh, like our station, push that like button, um, and contact us at the family school of thought at gmail.com. Cass, I know I asked you this many times and I really don't understand it, but how can they find our podcast and what are we, how do they go about finding this? I mean, uh, you could just Google Family School of Thought and it'll all come up. They can find us on YouTube. They can find us on uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts. You know, Google Podcasts. Um, Alexa. Think of, yep, you can find us on Alexa. Alexa. Um, Amazon. Yeah, any of them. Anyway, Wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where you can find us. Yeah. Okay. So please join us and continue to keep joining us. Mm-hmm. So please and share it with your friends so we're, we can uh, get some extra viewers. Okay. Very appreciate it. All right, bye guys. Have a good week. Bye. bye. Alexa played the family school of thought. <laughs>